Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Steve. What do you hear? What do you say, bud? Week five of Nurgle's Rot. Week five of Nurgle's Rot. Yeah, you are, uh, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, I, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy time. But you know what? I think, I think we're coming to the end of this, man. We're going to be back out rolling dice and you know, committing minor uh, minor misdemeanors all over the neighborhood before you know it. Well, at least one of us will. Well, you know, I'll bail you out, man. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to bail you out, bail you out. You know, especially when you're you know you're in your basement doing your solo campaign for Shroom Nose. <laughs> that doesn't sound well. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, I was a little worried about you. Or any other kind of level. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We got a we got a good show, folks. We're going to help you get through the quarantine here. Uh, Without fail, so old, old Steve and I are going to uh, going to do our best to entertain you this evening for a little while here on Grimdark Live. But but Steve, what do we got, man? What are we going to be entertaining the folks with tonight? Well, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects tonight. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little concerned chaos. about you. What are you worried about? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a little just a little concerned that uh, you, know, you know. Go ahead. What, what's our topic? We are going to be talking the legions of chaos tonight. Yeah, yeah, I was a little, I was a little concerned when you brought that up as a topic, but yeah, we are going to be talking about the legions of chaos. Now, now, make sure that I'm, I'm right on this. We're actually going to be talking not necessarily about all chaos, right? We're not going to be talking no, about we you know, slaves to... of darkness per se. We're not going to be talking about Skaven or beasts of chaos, right? No, we're focusing on the force armies for the sp- four specific gods. So. I am going to talk corn uh, and Zinch, and I thought you could talk Nurgle and Slanesh. And we have armies for each one of those, and we're going to discuss why we chose that army, you know, why we think it would be successful, or just why we would want to play that particular type of army. Yeah, yeah, I got it. No, that's... Uh... That is going to be a good topic. It's going to be an interesting one because, you know, there, there's there's so much to really get into when you talk about the chaos factions, you know, when, when you're when you're really looking at Corn Nurgles each, Slanesh, and, and how they compare and stack up against each other, which is kind of funny because a couple shows ago when we kind of talked about, you know, when the whole quarantine happened, we kind of tried to throw in a little bit of Nurgle there, but we talked about how, uh, you know, under popular lore, Nurgle is considered the... Uh, uh, the what the the second or third strongest chaos god or something like that I don't remember I don't remember how it was written. Well, yeah, now, I but... think we we talked before about how the fact about how they wax and wane. Like there are sometimes when Zinch is number one, sometimes when Corn's number one. It just really depends on the ebb and flow. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think I think they play off each other uh, fairly fairly well. But yeah, we've got uh, we got that to talk about. And of course, we got the news. We got the rumor engine. We got miniature painting made easy. We got the sons of Behemoth, and we got some Warhammer reveals that are coming up this Saturday. That's back again on the 18th, and uh, a new solo campaign that you can uh, you can sit in your your basement and play with yourself with. You know, that's uh, we got we got that happening. Let's say game against yourself. <laughs> right. Is that what they call it now? Is that the new term? <laughs> yeah, that's the new that's the new uh, safety speak. Right. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Well, folks, uh, let's uh, let's get it rolling. And as always, we got the question of the day and the closing thoughts towards the end of the show. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. So let's uh, let's get rolling with the uh, with the news because we do have some some interesting stuff to go through that I think um, was a lot more than I expected uh, in in the news. I mean, did you expect quite this much? Yeah, they put out quite a bit. Uh, I didn't expect it. No, of course not. Yeah, I was a little, uh, I was, I was a little shocked. I mean, the first thing we got to open up with here with is, is the rumor engine. Now, this one, um, I'm kind of glad that we're, we're back with the rumor engine again. And you know, my guess here it is. Um, this one is a, maybe a maybe Stormcast. You know, I can see the twin-tailed comet there. Maybe maybe Lumineth. Maybe, um, maybe it's it's only, you know, the next Stormcast warband for Underworlds. Who knows? But Steve, what say you, man? What do we got on this rumor engine? Yeah, I think you're close. I think it. Um... I think it might be some kind of new Stormcast character or something. I mean, God, like we need another new Stormcast I was just going to say, character. yeah, we, we, we need something like that. You know, it's funny because we don't know anyone who plays Stormcast. And yet there are so many people uh, or there are so many models out there, unique models that they've made for Stormcast. I really think GW needs, if in fact this is what it is. If it is another Stormcast character, it's like, come on, DW, can we have some special characters from other armies instead of always these, you know, Stormcast guys? You've got yeah. enough Stormcast characters to last you a lifetime. I mean, I know, I know that, and I think, I think in comparison, when you th- even think about the name characters, I mean, I think, I think, it seems to me that they just are like three to one compared to any other army as far as the different characters that they have. I don't know, maybe it's just me because oh, I'm kind of. I mean, their book is huge. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I'm. Boy, this is gonna make me sound negative here, but I, I'm kind of down on the Stormcast. You know, they were they were neat, a neat concept when they first came out. I had a Stormcast army for about eight nine months, uh, ended up getting rid of it. But I don't know, man. I just there's something about them I just can't get into. And they're they're a great army. They're a very powerful army, but I just can't get into them. Yeah, they're a very monoesthetic army, and that's fine. Some armies can get away with it. Right. Uh, you know, like the eels can get away with it. The trolls can get away with it. 
You know, um, there, there's plenty of armies out there that can get a, a Nurgle army of Blight Kings could get away with it. But when I look at the Stormcast army, it just it, it just does nothing for me. It, it's all golds and blues, unless you're a very creative, you know, artist and you've come up with something else. But or or a Notre Dame fan. Oh, please. I said, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking something that actually knows how to win. I there you go. Fun. There you go. Uh Oh, um, but I'm just, I'm just so bored looking at them. Like, I don't even like playing against them. And that's weird for me. I usually love playing against every army, but they're one army. Like when they're on the table, I'm like, okay, I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you wipe me off the table in two turns. I don't care. I'm bored. Right. Yeah. And and, and it's, you know, and I know that's unfair because I'm sure there are guys out there that play Stormcast and, you know, have probably made them look really cool. But right. for me, boring. Yeah, I, I don't um, I, I don't really I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And, you know, I, I Stormcast players are great people, uh, but it's just the army to me. Blech, it, it's just I don't know. It just doesn't I mean, it doesn't move me. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah. I would agree. You know, when, when I when I first saw this though on the rumor engine, going back to the rumor engineer. Folks, now that we're done mother effing the Stormcast, sorry about that. <laughs> that was not the direction I guess we wanted to go in. But um, when I look at this, though, I, I was hoping when I first saw it that it was going to be some type of the what are the what are the fanatics the uh, of, of Stormcast of Sigmar the um, the uh, what's that what's that what's the free guild uh, unit where they're like the fanatics of Sigmar? Oh, the flagellants. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that this would have something to do more with uh, with them or that, like some kind of like uh, you know you know, army like that or unit like that, I guess. But, uh, but no, you're probably right. I bet it is some kind of a character or wizard or something like that for, for Stormcast. I'm looking at the twin tailed comet. That's probably yeah, the top of some kind of a staff or something so. like that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see, but, uh, coming up next in the news, I thought this was a pretty interesting uh, little piece. That I thought I'd share with everybody. I don't know if you've ever heard of this particular artist. Um, but, uh, there's a, there's a downloadable book, and it's called Miniature Painting Made Easy. And it's by uh, an artist by the name of Angel Giraldez uh, for uh, the Redgrass Games. And um, it really just is some awesome uh, stuff and content in here to kind of teach you how to A, be a painter, or B, be a better painter than you than you normally are. Um, the awesome artist and painter that, that uh, uh, Giraldez is... Uh, and the super nice people over at Redgrass Games have uh, teamed up to offer uh, for free a nice painting book. And that's re- literally what this is. And we'll, we'll post these in the show notes uh, after the show here, the links to these. Um, but it really is very informative and aimed at people, A, learning the trade, um, maybe still working with some kind of techniques that they want to get better at. Um, and it's really well explained. I, I kind of went through the book a little bit uh, a couple hours ago, just kind of a first peek at it. Um and it, it really should be used as a good base, I would think, to help you out. And, and to be honest with you, um, uh, have you heard of this before, Steve? No, I haven't. It really is kind of a nice, nice supplement. And I know, all, I know, like I've always said a hundred times, you know, I paint like a one-armed uh, blind drunk that just fell off a tilt whirl. So any any chance I can get to improve my little paintbrush game here, I'm, I'm definitely going to going to do that so yeah something we'll leave in the show notes below for everybody to uh to to, to check out but uh definitely something very cool yeah move, sounds like it. it is it is very cool i love stuff like this especially that it's free that's the best part hey, uh, but it, best part. It, it's not a junky free thing though 
it's not like you're getting like a free pamphlet. You know, it, it's it's actually pretty cool. So I think people are going to appreciate it. <clears throat> but um, moving on, and uh, we 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 kind of talked about this. This was the main cusp of our show last week. Uh, but we got the Sons of Beamot that have uh, kind of been back in and around Warhammer community. Um, and as you know. Uh, Warhammer community came out with a brief rundown of the lore and the background for Sons of Behemoth. It was uh, really nothing more than we already know that's been floating around, I believe, since Tuesday of this week. And, and folks, if, if you wanted to uh, go back and have a listen to our show from last week, we had a good what we expected talk uh, between Steve and I on, on the Sons of Behemoth. I mean, Steve, what do you think we're going to be, I guess the best way I want to ask this is, what do you think we'll, we'll, we'll get a look at? Uh, at the new giant models, do you think maybe we'll get something in the reveal this Saturday? Yeah, I think we're going to get um, we're going to get a, a look at the book. We might get a glimpse of the book cover, and uh, we might get a look at one or maybe a couple of the models. But I think they're going to keep that very close to the chest until uh, they were you know until they're ready. Yeah, because remember they still have uh, a few more weeks of these reveals to do. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, how many, how many total? Cause this is coming up on our, this is our I third think one. I have close to like six and this is going to be our, I think fourth one. Yeah. This, yeah, we've had three. That's right. So this will be our fourth one so coming up on the 18th. They're definitely going to hold this thing off until May. Yeah. Now, um, I thought I read somewhere that they said that the giants will be coming soon after the Lumineth. So it looks like the Lumineth are going to be first, and then the Giants are going to come after them. Right. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But, I mean, and folks, what we're referring to is Warhammer Reveals are going to be on Twitch this coming Saturday, the 18th. This is going to be part four, uh, and there will hopefully be some Giant models revealed. But, I mean, Steve, outside of some Giants, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to come back to the Giants here in a second. But, you know, let's just kind of segue for a moment. What What are your thoughts and hopes for this reveal outside of the Sons of Behemoth? What do you think we're going to see? I don't know i mean i i don't know what we're going to see for 40k because i don't follow 40k but i think we'll probably get um maybe a closer look at some of the war cry stuff that's going to be coming out um i think we'll get a brief peek at the sons of behemoth we might get um we might get like a teaser video a 30 second teaser video and then we might get you know a look at the book cover but uh, I don't think they're going to show us too much. I think, like I said, I think they're going to just give us a little teaser, you know, and then each, you know, couple weeks they'll give us something else. Yeah, I think they're going to just kind of, uh, you know, drop in a little nuggets, you know, kind of, kind of, yeah. you know, training us like Pavlov's dog, man. We're just going to keep drooling at the idea that more of these models are coming out. And I really hope, going back to Sons of Behemoth, I really hope that this is a really good reveal. Because honestly, Steve between you, me, and the lamppost and, and, and everyone else listening here, there's something truly captivating about giants and, and what they are in lore or, or movies, for that matter. And, and I think for me, um, this is why this army is so appealing. Because, I mean, when I think about it, you know, Steve, let, let's, let's kind of walk this one backwards. I mean, think of all the great giants, whether, and I'm not talking about Jack and the Beanstalk or any of those old books, but think about recently, like like some of the, the great giants that we've seen on the movie screen. Like, how about uh, uh, the, the giant from, remember the movie Time Bandits? The giant from that one? Well, I think it's generational. I think for older gamers like us, you know, we grew up watching Sven Gulli. Oh, yeah. And we, want, and we grew up watching movies like, you know, uh, War of the Gargantuas, which is a great uh, sci-fi movie a Japanese sci-fi movie. And then we, uh, 
if you remember from, you know, when we were younger, there was a movie called The Amazing Colossal Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's a sequel, War of the Colossal Beast. Now, if you've never seen these movies and you want to see schlocky 1950s, you know, cinema, these movies are at the pinnacle. Or I've always felt that giants are the most terrifying, should be the most terrifying creature that you would ever face. Oh, yeah. Because this is a creature that won't just crush you, but they'll crush your entire village. Like, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll destroy everything in their path. I mean, these are terrifying monsters, or at least they should be. Right, Not exactly. Not the creepy Uncle, un- Uncle Lester that right. we currently have. You you just have a hang-up hatred for that model. No, I don't I don't just hate it. I despise it. And, and I think that it never was it never gave giants their due it looked like a goofy clownish figure when in fact giants should be absolutely terrifying terrifying creatures i mean these things i mean think about it you know you're standing on the beach one day you know you're out there with your kids you know you're bringing in your fishing nets you know in your little warhammer village and all of a sudden some monstrous sea giant comes out you know and starts (laughs) roaring yeah it it would be terrifying. Yeah, I, I think at that point, like that. I think at that point, a little pee would definitely come out. But I mean, just think about it. That's the kind of fear that giants should inspire, and yeah. have always inspired. Even going back to our fairy tales, you know, yeah, giants have always been a terrifying monster, and it's about damn time that we have giants in Warhammer that are actually fearful, you know, or or uh, that we are fearful of. Instead of creepy Uncle Lester. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back, you know what reminded me of going back when, when you talked about old 50s, you know, here's the most famous one. How about Attack of the 50 Foot Woman? Yeah. Yeah. Very good movie. Yeah. I remember that one. And, and you um, know, the, any any chance you think we're going to get any female giants? Oh, I would love for there to be female giants. Yeah. I, that would be so cool. Yeah. But, you know, th- I mean, I know there are people out there that'll probably take giants from other games and maybe, you know, do a conversion or something. They're already doing it. Yeah, you're, you're already yeah, seeing I it mean, on the boards. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say it. I just saw it the other day. The Kings of War giant oh. is, is a great model. I it, mean, it, it, it really is. looks cool. Yeah, it is. And you so, know what actually is, is probably, in my opinion, the currently the best model that's out there is uh, the Song of Fire and Ice giants. Uh. In terms of the way it looks, yes. I mean, size, obviously not, but because um, the giants in in uh, Game of Thrones were only about fifteen feet tall, maybe. 15, yeah, but they're but they're. I mean, tall. if you think about it, though, if you look at them, they're they're comparable to the Uncle Uncle Lester giant as far not as size. Really, though, because the those giants are bearded. You know, the mm-hmm. the the Game of Thrones giants were bearded giants. They looked like that Nordic kind of giant that we've always been fearful of, you know, right. you know, wearing the skins and stuff. Creepy Uncle Lester giant is, I mean, with the pot belly and then the, you know, the kind of let gangly arms and stuff. It just right. looks horrible. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I, I hope we get, I, I, I'm going to, I'm excited to see what, what's out on the table because people are already bringing in proxies and, you know, they're already doing, uh, doing different things uh, to kind of build up and bolster their force ahead of probably what's going to be a pretty cool battle tome, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it's going to be a phenomenal battle tome. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to revive destruction and destruction needs it because, you know, like when you think of factions right now, 
there are certain armies that just pop. Like if I say order, bam, right away, you're going to think Aideneth Deepkin or you're going to think Stormcast. If I say, you know, like chaos, I'm going to think right away corn or Nurgle. Right. Destruction. It's like what orcs, you know, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of people playing gloom spites unless they're just doing it for a goof, you know? Yeah. And ogres are kind of, kind of been a tough one here as of late, you know? Um... Well, they didn't redo them and people don't want to play with models that have been around for what, 15, 20 years. Right. I yeah. mean, that's how old some of those models are. I think the ogres came out in what, 2004. Well, they, they got their, they got their own book in seventh edition because uh, they, before then they were like part no, of, Oh, they had a book and... in sixth edition. I thought, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. I, yeah. They had a book in six. So yeah, we're memory was failing me 2000s. there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you brought up, uh, when we're talking about the, um, the, the, the smaller giants, I guess the best way to put it for song of fire and ice to game of Thrones giants. I thought of, uh, that movie, big fish, you know, Carl, the, the, the misunderstood giant from the movie. I big never fish. saw that movie. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It, it, it's funny. It's a Tim Burton movie actually. And, uh, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty darn good. If you get a chance to, to watch it, it's, um, it's got Ewan McGregor in it. He, he plays the, the lead role and, um, I can't think of the other gentleman that's in the movie. He's, he's an, he's an older actor. He was, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but at any rate, it doesn't matter. He, the, the, when, when you got me thinking about that, it got me thinking about, uh, um, that movie or, or how about this one probably the one that's closest to our our topic here is uh general fallon from the movie jack the giant slayer that was what 2013 or something like that yeah somewhere in there that was a pretty good movie i mean yeah. the giants were kind of weird looking but it was you know, you know the cgi was kind of cheesy but you know what it, yeah. it, it, it puts you in the in the right ballpark as far as probably what we're going to be uh seeing you know and you know this is actually more more closely that character that 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 general fallon was closer to a cursed etten with the two heads but um you know you get you get the idea yeah there um there are so so many great movies out there that have portrayed giants over the years especially you know our old schlocky 1950s you know Spenguli summer afternoon movie those are the best those are the best yeah i mean those really were great but the the point I was trying to make though earlier was the kids of this generation, I mean, kids that are in there like, you know, and I, by kids, I mean, of course, you know, 25 and younger. I mean, you know, we're in our, we're close to our fifties. So yeah, you know. we're, we are old but, folks. I mean, younger guys. I mean, they, they didn't grow up with Sven Gulli. They didn't right. grow up with those monster movies. You know, they, I mean, most of what they grew up with is, you know, Lord of the Rings and that right. kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, they they weren't around to see those kind of movies. Game of Thrones, that was probably their biggest giant, maybe. Yeah, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, you know, or whatever, so stuff like that. So their image of fantasy is uh, dramatically different than our image of fantasy because we grew up with Lord of the Rings, right? You know, and they didn't. And we're, I mean, I not by that I mean the books. You know, the D&D, the books, these, these kids, I mean, even the D&D they're playing today, it's nothing like the D&D from back in second edition. Totally different. Totally different. It, it, it's almost an unrecognizable game. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is different. I mean, I, and we're not saying one's better than the other, folks. We're just saying no, they're different. God, no, You know, times uh, change, people change, you know, and things change. It's that's fine. It's we're not those old like curmudgeons it. sitting by the, you know, the, outside of the yeah, drugstore, exactly. you know, back yelling about the day, back know? in my yeah. day. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have dice. We had to club each other over the head. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so moving on, that's, uh, that, that's what we got. Hopefully we're going to get some giants and, and some, some good stuff out of the sons of Behemoth, uh, in, in this reveal. So, yeah. 
It'd be interesting because I think the Suns be on no, no pun intended on this one, but I think they've eclipsed any other topic that p- could potentially come down the pike that that people aren't even thinking about what else could be coming out for for fantasy for Age of Sigmar. Um, well, this Saturday. you know what's kind of embarrassing about that is that. I wonder how many people are like, can we just get rid of these stupid Lumineths so that we can get to the Giants? God, and I hope yeah. that's not the case. You know, you make a good point. I, I didn't well, think about that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are waiting for the Lumineths, so I'm not trying to, you know, uh, MF them. But uh, I also believe that there are a lot of people that are like, can we just get through this release so we can get to the, you know, the Giants and I think you'd probably find there's more people out there that think that way than you'd uh, care to admit yeah yeah I, I you know what and, and that's and that's a shame because you know um for uh, for another topic we'll, we'll we'll get into this one on a different show but but you know it's a shame because it, they they should be revered you know the idea of 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 elves but anyway moving on so that, that's that's what we got there we got the reveals coming out we got uh, the sons of behemoth but you know we also got this the new solo game uh that's uh that they presented now this one was kind of funny this one is is uh called the 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 glims forge catacombs or something to that effect yeah that's um, exactly what it's called yeah and and last week we were introduced to the uh to the the trogoth slayers but have you have you looked over this one at all or seen anything about it yeah, it's a um, this campaign focuses on the Night Haunt. So whereas the last campaign was focused on the greatest army ever created, I mean uh, the the trolls. Here we go again, folks. And um, this uh, this week's is focused on the Night Haunt, and I, it's it's good. I mean, it's like I said, I like what they're doing. This is where GW is shining, in my opinion. Right. They are coming up with creative ways to. Uh, to keep people occupied, right? To keep people uh, looking forward to something each week, and uh, and I think that the creativity factor, you know, with with Games Workshop is shining right now, and I hope yeah. it stays that way. No, and I agree. I think the creativity factor is great because under no circumstances at all could you ever tell anyone that you're in your basement playing with yourself, and they would believe that it was models. <laughs> Especially you when you have what, to go back to it again. What are you talking yeah. about? I'm just trying to bring, you know, I'm just trying to, I agree with you because I, I think it's brilliant, really. I mean, I wish I had something like this when I was like 15. Are you kidding? I probably well, would never have left the basement. About? You got Evan to play against. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he out there that, and folks, my son beats the crap out of me every time we get, we get dice on the table, but um, he's so grounded. Yeah. So good stuff. I mean, we got, we got definitely that, um, that out. So I haven't tried it yet, but you know, you can download it. If you head over to the Warhammer community yep, uh, page, free. you can download it and uh, uh, play away. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Well, I've been downloading um, all, well, both of them so far, and I'm going to try to download as many of them as they make. And I, I put them right into my Apple books. Okay. So I've got them saved because I want to save those campaigns. Cause I think that would be fun for us to do. Maybe uh, once we do get back together, it might be fun to kind of play through those scenarios, even though it's a solo campaign. Have you played the uh, the Trogoth one yet? No, I have not. Okay. I, I want to, though. I mean, I do want to, but it looks cool. I mean, it looks fun. Yeah. I'll, to, I'll to definitely, you know, I will. I'll, I'll make a point to check it out. I really haven't, to be quite honest with you. I really haven't checked it out much, but uh, I, I will uh, make a point to to check these out. I'll have to download them both and, 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 and get at them and see what they're all about, but cool stuff. I, I do. I, I do. Honestly, all joking aside, I like the fact that games workshop is doing this. Um, it, it's uh, it's a neat concept because I think gamers were doing this before, right? I mean, you know, somebody had to be out there math hammering or dice hammering. I mean, I think we were always in some way, 
you know, playing a scenario out in our mind. And if we were just sitting around in front of a table, it had a unit or two out. I think we were always doing this. But yeah, now, now I mean, we have something more official. Yeah, now it's something that's official, which is kind of cool. Right. Right. Yep. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. And um, last bit of news that we have uh, coming up right now is we have uh, Armed Forces Day. This one um, is... uh, uh, kind of a kind of an update on the announcement. We do have a new date. Uh, we we decided to push the tournament back uh, to June 27th and 28th, and we did this uh, for a multitude of reasons. We did this mainly because um, we needed to uh, think about the the ramifications of what was happening in the the world, you know, coming off of this pandemic and uh, how things were going to be uh, appropriated after everything was over. And being that our tournament was literally scheduled. Uh, about 16 days after the pan- the, the quarantine and, and the stay-at-home order was over, we decided that we, we, we pushed the tournament back. So the new tournament date is June 27th and 28th. And uh, yes, this is going to be our third year for this 100% charity event to support our active duty troops and Armed Forces Day. Like I said, it's going to be June 27th and 28th. And you can head over to GrimdarkLive.com to check out the information on this tournament. And it is going to be a two-day Age of Sigmar event where each player is going to bring 2,000 points of an army comprised of the most recent General's Handbook and AOS rule set. The event is going to be a 1v1 five-game two-day tournament to provide donations to our active duty troops while celebrating uh, late, I guess the best way to put it, Armed Forces Day, because obviously Armed Forces Day is on May 16th. But um, just for, for all the reasons I, de- I described, we're going to be celebrating it on the 27th and, and 28th. Um, we're also going to still be doing the, the um, raffle for the Montfort Point Marine Association Chapter 2. And this is going to be to support a historic Southside Chicago Montford Point Marine chapter. Um, as you've heard me say many times here on the show, after a half a century of being home to the first African-American Marines who settled in Chicago after the war in 1946, the chapter faces looming debt 
with the uh, the, poten- the potential for closure. So we are going to uh, fight our weight in Wildcats to make sure that that doesn't happen. And of course, Armed Forces Day 3 would not be possible without our awesome support of GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory 3D Printing, Ministomp.com, Six Squared Studios, and Creature Caster is now officially going to be uh, sponsoring Armed Forces Day. So we have plenty of uh, spots still open. Uh, we're about half full at this point, so please uh, head over and uh, get your spot because uh, this is going to be a real special year. And uh, this is going to be our, our really, I would like to call this our final building year for Armed Forces Day before we kind of expand the tournament into some pretty cool stuff that we have planned. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, and there's some incredible prize support, too, that's that's coming in for this tournament, which is great. It's yeah. going to draw, you know people in not just for the charity but also you know for the competitiveness it's going to be a it's going to be a good tournament yeah and you know and and, and it's for a good cause you know you're going to be around great great people and a great game and a great location for a great cause so um i i it's just um you know if, if there's a lot of reasons in in this in this world to uh roll dice you know, you can you can go to this tournament, you can go to that tournament, um, and and sometimes you got to look and say, you know, what what does a tournament represent? And and I I always try to look at it that way. You know, is it is it is it more than just you know lying in some TO's pocket and 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 hanging out with your buddies? You know, you can you go participate in something that actually is meaningful. So that's why we're doing what we're doing here. Armed Forces Day. There you have it. So. Let's. Uh, anything else in the news that, that that you got, Steve, or are we uh, we good to roll? No, I think we're ready to roll. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, twelve to twelve. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40k, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right. Well, we got uh, we are going to get into that topic. And I got to tell you, man, I was I was a little worried about you, um, especially you know because you, you you brought up again that we were going to be talking about this corn thing, and I wasn't sure if uh, you know something something happened to you. But that's where you want to start, right? We're we're, we're going to get into your uh, your corn list uh, that, that we're going to discuss here, and and folks, you know, um, just so that you you, you know, we are going to be discussing as you heard at the top of the show um the 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 focus on the legions of chaos right that's the best way to put it steve i mean this is going to be a conversation to compare the different chaos armies yeah and how they stack up against each other now um you know steve here is going to be talking on zeech and corn and i'll be uh talking slanesh and nurgle um so again folks we're not really going to be getting into um the i guess peripheral or side chaos armies like you know my favorite beast of chaos 
Slaves of Darkness, I guess we're going to leave that one alone, um, and uh, Skaven. You know, uh, those are, yes, they are chaos, but we're going to be focusing on the uh, the Fab Four, you know, uh, Zeech, Korn, Slanesh, and Nurgle. So, all right, man. Uh, Steve, I, sh- I guess I should ask you, where, where do you want to start, man? Are we starting, which one? Which one? Well, we'll start with the army that I would probably play if I was forced to play a cast army, so I would <laughs> probably go with Korn. All right, let's uh, let's because, let's get into this one. Well, to me, they're the closest thing to destruction because they're just a pure fighty army. Um, so why don't you go ahead and put my list up on the uh, screen there? Yep, I got it up here now. And folks, I apologize for anybody that's going to be listening to the show later on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, but uh, we are currently presenting the lists. But, you know, we're going to go through these lists. So this looks like a pretty robust corn uh, list. So it looks like you're from the mortal realm of Akshi. Yeah, uh, realm of fire. Um, the uh, slaughter host that I chose was the Baleful Lords. Right, I see that, yeah. And the Baleful Lords is basically your bloodthirster um, legion or faction, I guess you would call it. Sure. Um it, it, what it does is it gives you the ability to run in charge, which with bloodthirsters, I mean, my God, that's phenomenal. Right. Uh, you get to have an extra behemoth in your army, which is another great thing to have. Um, one of the one of the command abilities for Baleful Lords is that you're able one of your one of your bloodthirsters is able to ignore the wound table, so you can always fight at your best. Oh, that's awesome. Now you're going to see why that's kind of um, different for Scarbrand, who's also in my list. Yeah, um, I see that. They're plus one to charge uh, for anything within eight inches. And then the brass crown, which is one the artifact that you have to take because you took the Baleful Lords, uh, that gives you plus one saves against attack. So your Bloodthirster General is going to go from a four to a three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um phenomenal ability right uh then of course i took um uh i took two more bloodthirsters uh one of which has the uh what what is the name of the item there i can't see it on the screen are you talking about the uh the 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 black brass crown bloodthirsters magic item oh the crimson crown the crimson crown yeah okay so the crimson crown this uh, is pretty nasty. Once per battle round, you can use this command. Um, uh, the bearer can use a command ability on their war scroll without using a command point. So you got one bloodthirster that's going to be always fighting at his max. And then the other one is going to be able to initiate, initiate his war scroll ability, which is... Uh, I believe allows all of the bloodthirsters within any bloodthirster within, I think it's eight inches to okay. fight first. Wow. So, and, and that's, and that's on, that's on the bloodthirster of insane rage. That, that's on not your general, but insensate the other one. rage. Yeah. That, I, I, all of my bloodthirsters are the insensate rage. I don't okay. want to mess around with whips and all that other crap. Yeah. I just want to, you know, just give me a big corn ax so I can hack things to pieces. Um, uh, there's just so many good abilities with this army. Now, people will say, well, wait a minute, where are the priests at? I don't need priests. I've got three units of flesh hounds. And right. each one of those flesh hound units are essentially a wizard to dispel. Oh, that's now, right. Those, yes. 
So every one of my blood flesh hound units are wizards in terms of dispelling. And they can dispel regular spells or endless spells. And if they're at a, a, a strength of 10, in other words, 10 models in the unit, yeah. they are plus one to dispel because of the collars of corn. Aha. Uh-huh. They, they have the demon keyword. Yeah, they do. Right? Oh, I think all, they, my yeah. whole army's demons. Yeah, the right. whole army's demons. I didn't right. want any humans in the army. If I'm going to play corn, I'm going to play the demons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, these guys to me seem like they're just the battle line for all time, man. Well, they're just, uh, they're they're great trash troops. They're going to screen, they're going to charge block all of the bloodthirsters. So nobody's going to get to the bloodthirsters unless they're flyers. And then when it comes time to charge, they're going to pop right over the heads of the flesh hounds and they can run and they can charge. Yeah. So you're going to have four bloodthirsters in your in the face of your the middle of your army or where your best troops are in your army and they're all going to be striking first. Now uh I'm sure everyone knows what Scarbrand does. Oh Scar- gosh, yeah. Scarbrand is just insane. Now, Scarbrand is not a flyer because he got uh big wings slapped clipped down by corn. Right. So uh what Scarbrand does is he gets within range of you, and then he puts out all these mortal wounds on you. Uh, if you are within, um, and I'm going to get to him here. You have to excuse me, folks. I don't have the Blades of Corn book. Uh, so what he does is, if you keep him out of combat for the first battle round, his stat line drops to the best. Uh, to to the bottom, which is when he's at his best. Right. Um, then he goes crazy with his carnage, and he has his uh, slaughter rolls go from five to nine dice. Uh, and here's how it works. If he beats the number of uh, listed on his total damage table, the target takes eight mortal wounds, but on a six, it puts out 16 mortal wounds. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, it, 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 like it, he can literally deal in, in, if you keep him out of combat, right. When he comes charging in, he can literally deal like 24 to 48 mortal wounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just disgusting. I mean, he, he is disgusting. Now, uh, that group, in my opinion, is always going to fight as a group because all those bloodthirsters are going to strike because of the tyrants of uh, blood. Right. They're all going to strike before anyone can uh, before anyone gets a chance to strike them. So as long as they don't get charged by a strike first unit, uh, they're going to just murder anything yeah. they hit. Yeah, so, and the so- pound puppies are there to basically just string them out dispel spells, go annoy things that you need to. Because once the bloodthirsters are cut loose and they get on the enemy, forget it. Right. They, 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 they're like, you know, a, a juggernaut that doesn't need to stop. Yeah, and folks, I, I want you to kind of absorb what Steve just said. You know, regarding, regarding Scarbrand, if you keep him out of combat for one turn, he's going to deal an instant 24 to 48 mortal wounds. That's what this beast is up against. That, that's yeah, what you're up against he, with this guy. He whacks anything that's within range of him. I believe it's anything within eight inches. Yeah. 
You know what's funny? Uh, going back to Scarbrand, I'm not. And I'm, I'm going to shut up here. No, Kyle. good. I, you know, I remember I was talking to a guy one time. Uh, you know, because Road Warrior Justin, one of the guys in our group, uh, he 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 plays corn almost exclusively, and um, we were all at Adepticon one year, and we were talking to a guy, and the guy noticed Scarbrand that Justin was playing, and he said, um, he said, oh, I would never play Scarbrand. You know, he he lacks a command ability, and I just found that so funny because. You know, who gives a crap if you got this model yes, that lacks yes, command ability when, when you can pretty much blend anything you want to. You can turn anything into bloody oatmeal. So I just thought that was funny that the reasoning of some gamers amazes me sometimes. But yeah, anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, so the list is basically a straight up uh, go ye forth and slaughter list. Oh, very um, corn. Uh, it's very corny. Uh, no pun intended. Um, it's got the three bloodthirsters. It's got, so they're all feeding off of each other. Each one of those bloodthirsters is feeding off the other and giving each other abilities that the other can use. Yeah. It's just disgusting what this unit, I mean, I've dice hammered it out. They pretty much slaughter anything that they, that they hit. Um, where you're going to have problems with this army, of course, is even though they're fast, even okay. though they're going to be on you by turn two, uh, sometimes even turn one. Uh, you're going to have trouble with this army against a shooting army. So if you're going up against anything that's shooting like, um, great water, like cities of Sigmar, yeah. Zinch, Skaven, you might have some trouble because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to take out those bloodthirsters that that's, that's once they're gone, the puppies aren't going to do a thing. That's true. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're taking risks, but it's going to be, uh, a hell of a fun army to play. Yeah, and I was going to say this. There, there's some aspects of what Corn does that reminds me of of, of of Beastman. And you know, I'm looking at your 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 battalion here, the Tyrants of Blood. And that's the one, if I remember right, that's the one that allows your your Bloodthirsters to attack like at the same time. Yes. So that that's I got to tell you, man, that in itself is pretty powerful. I mean, if you with a battalion, if you can get all this into one battalion, you've got one maybe two drops. And you got the choice to go first. I don't know. You could, you could, um, you could, you could, you could turn that. You could turn. You could nullify quite a bit with what you have in the list, especially with something like that. I mean, yeah, the army relies very heavily on the synergy between the bloodthirsters. Of course, uh, they're yeah. the army. I mean, let's not. I mean, you know, it's obvious they're the army. So, yeah. and don't forget, uh, blood tide. So if I kill, yeah. If I kill enough units, I'm getting another bloodthirster on the table. Yeah, and I'm looking at my book right here. You know, the blood tithe points, I was just, just flipped to that page. It's pretty slim. I mean, I mean, what I mean is cheap. I mean, put it this way. For for five uh, blood tithe points, I can bring on three blood crushers. Yep. Uh, and I think it's eight points for a blood uh, thirster. Yeah. I mean, and here's what cracks me up. Five blood tithe points for a skull cannon. Now, if I had to pay for a skull cannon, out of the that would be terrible. But for five points to bring a skull cannon skull cannon on, that makes a skull cannon pretty worth it. Well, think about the the kind of tricks that you could pull with this army. If I'm getting into a group of something like a Cities of Sigmar list or something like a list that has a lot of little characters bouncing around, right? Any character that's within eight inches is getting eight mortal wounds. Right. You could literally hit a front line and whack all of the supporting characters 
in the first like battle round. Yeah. Because and if you do, and if you roll a six, that's 16 mortal wounds. <laughs> that's killing, that's killing like 14 wound character models outright. Yeah. If they and, don't have a ward six. And if that doesn't do the unit in, the battle shock sure as heck will. Oh, I mean, yeah, because there's going to be no characters left to keep you from battle shot, you know, right. from sticking around. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this, Steve. I mean, this this army. Obviously, I'm looking at this army. This this is very much your a la play style. Low model count, big models. I mean, did you pick corn mainly because it plays like destruction? Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I like armies. Uh, I I like armies that have flying. Um, if I'm, I mean, this would be like a. I mean, this would be a list that I would use as a competitive list. Okay, so right. I like and, and armies that fly. I like armies that can put out mortal wounds because you're dealing with things out there like OCR Bone Reapers with threes by threes by sixes. Give me a break. Sure. So, yeah, I want stuff that can put out mortal wounds. I want stuff that can hit by turn two. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And you, and you know, this army here, um, or really any corn army, but this one more specifically, I would say is, is right up there. It plays a lot. I'm, I'm thinking orcs when I see this too. I mean, um, oh, totally. yeah, it's a, and it, this does a, look like a lot of fun. I mean, it looks like a rip. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, if I was going to play corn, this would be my army because it's a punch you in the face army. It's the kind of army that just walks up and plants one right between your eyes, right? Whether or not you can, you know, block it. Well, that depends on what you have. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest things that this army has, and and which which I guess is a la every corn army or every every chaos army from Maggotkin to Heed Knights of Slanesh to Disciples of Zeech to, you know the the Bloodbound is the summoning, you know the 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 this ability that these chaos armies have to summon uh, that that no longer requires points from your army spent. Um, basically, with this army, which you'd be able to do very easily, kill stuff, get blood tithe points, summon more. And yep. this, and the blood tithe points are cheap, so. Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, like I said, I could, if I'm going up against a guy who's got lots and lots of little trash troop units, I mean that's going to be like heaven sent for this army. <laughs> or if I splash into a, uh, into a group of like lots of multiple little units, those bloodthirsters, Scarbrand alone is probably going to wipe out two or three units on his own. Yeah. So, I mean, especially with that, with, you know, with that mortal wound ability. Oh gosh. I mean, you keep them off the table for a round and and that's Bob's your uncle done. It's disgusting. And no one's going to get to him because you're going to shield him either with terrain or you're going to, or you're going to create a wall of meat with your flesh hounds. Right. So they're not going to get to him. They can shoot him, but they're not going to get to him physically. Even if they're a fast, you know, like kind of a fast, you know, across the table in one turn kind of army, like the eels, they're right. not going to get to him because they're, you're going to surround him and the other bloodthirsters with those pound puppies so that nobody can get to him and then unleash hell when it's your turn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's very true. All and right. So flesh hounds on the table. That is corn. Good stuff, man. That, that's actually that's actually a very very good list. So we got through corn. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live experience and the show. If you want to support the show, please like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on our podcast. This way, you'll be alerted when we post new content. If you'd like to support Grimdark Live further, 
head over to GrimdarkLive.com, get a t-shirt, dice, or there's Patreon, which makes our show possible. Keeps our mics on and the lights buzzing. Big thanks to everyone, past, present, and future, who have supported Grimdark Live. We do this because of all of you, and of course, we will continue doing this for as long as we can. Okay, you guys ready for more Grimdark Live? Let's get back to the show. I'll, I'll let you pick. So I'm I, my, my job right now is I'm going to talk either about Nurgle or Slanash. Steve, what would well, you like to hear? I would like to hear Nurgle. Nurgle. Okay. All right. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with that. So, folks, I'm going to start with uh, with Nurgle tonight, um, just because my my buddy Steve asked me to do that. So here's what I have. I have a list here that I'm going to pull up, and um, I'd like to point out here. Uh, and you will notice a pattern that that is what what I that is that I prefer mortal units over demons. So the, the lists uh, and thought process in these is, is based on mortals with demons summoned in if need be. Albeit having demons is almost unavoidable when when I'm going to be talking later on about you know, my double keepers list here very shortly. Uh, but the ilk of the mortals base list is still there. And of course, you know what we're looking at here is my my take on Nurgle, which is the Maggot King. So, folks, the first thing to accept in gaming with pure Nurgle, namely Maggotkin, is accept that it will be an uphill fight to make it somehow competitive with other contemporary armies. But once you do that, you will find that winning comes easy. And and I'm just going to put it like that. So, in in one way, the the list I have is uh, to go gather all your forces together around buffing heroes and move this big death bubble across the table, slowly dying, maybe, and possibly consuming and killing some key objectives and, and enemy heroes while you're out it. While so you're read out off at it. your list because for the people who can't see the screen yeah. right now. So here's what I have. I'm going to get into the whole thing here. I got the Lord of Afflictions. Uh, he's my general. Uh, the Glotkin, the Harbinger of Decay, and the Lord of Blights. Those are my heroes. Now my okay. units... I have four Pustrial Blight Lords. Those are the those are the big big fat guys on on the on the on the beat on the on the flies, and I have three units of five Putrid Blight Kings. Now I took the Battalion Blight Cyst, and I'll get into that here in a in a in a minute. So, um, and I'm taking an extra uh, command point. So, um, 128 wounds in this army, but Nurgle is known to kind of you know they're they're able to take a beating. So here's how it works. <laughs> So in, in my opinion, yes, they do. Yeah. So in my opinion, the only way for Nurgle to deal some damage and not just ingloriously die before their other factions is to combine all possible buffs in all units by gathering around some heroes with different support abilities. The main idea is to get normal damage and resilience, which can be achieved really by several different amplifiers. And I, I'm not going to start with with necessarily my general. I'm going to start with the big boy, and. To really get things working here, uh, I took the Glotkin, who becomes really our main assault platform, who is capable to make things happen in, in really every phase. The most interesting is, of course, his command ability, which is Lord of Nurgle, which gives everyone one extra attack. It's uh, really, to me, it's a best upgrade for, for, your, for your other heroes as well, because it simply enhances their damage. And the other main uh, positive effect is that this ability affects all your Nurgle units, the whole army. That's why I choose the Glock. Now, in. what's the range on that, or does it not have a range? Um, the That command ability, I want to say, um, 
I will look that right now. Um, let me let me try to let me try to find that here real quick. I'm grabbing my magazine of Nurgle book I here. I you, 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 I I kind of had a quick uh, brain fart there when you brought that up because well I know that the five up ward save ability is seven inches. It, yeah, but it's not wholly within. So yeah, this exactly. is here. So if you do it, so all all units that are within 14 inches of this model. So oh, not wholly great. within. Yeah, m- most of the Magatkin, I don't think there's anything in the Magatkin book that's wholly within. But what this does is it gives everyone one extra attack. And as nice. I said, it's best. It's really your best upgrade for your other heroes because it simply enhances the damage that they're able to do. And mm-hmm. the, the other main positive effect is its ability uh, to affect all the other units positively. So the whole army. And that's why I choose the Glotkin instead of the Great Unclean one with the Bell as a support monster hero. Um, last but not least, you know, the Glotkin, uh, makes, you know, does a lot of damage in combat. I mean, this, this, this thing is a beast if you got to get him into combat. Now he's a target, but he's, he's a beast. But the choice between the two is what I mean, either the Glotkin or the great unclean one is really the choice between chocolate and vanilla. In my opinion, I prefer the Glotkin mainly because of the mortal and because of what he can do now. The other choices are quite obvious. Obviously, I'm going to take the Lord of Afflictions, the General, with Rustfang and Pestilence Breath because they are simply the best artifact and trait in the Tome. Um, and also, he gives rerolls of ones for nearly everybody around, which is crucial when you have um, attacks from from a guy with with you know uh, armies when, when you can have attacks from, from a guy with, with multiplication on sixes. So in other words, your, your, your blight Kings, every time they roll a six to hit it, it multiplies into D six more hits. And, and it's, it's a building block that the Lord of afflictions is able to do. The next I think is the really unsung hero of the army or any chaos army for that matter is, uh, the harbinger of decay. Never leave home with a Nurgle army without this guy. Um, yep. you know, the, the thing is, his defensive amplification of a 4-plus ward save on all units within 7 inches is completely invaluable. Without him, um, this whole army is, is is really quite fragile. And I know we're talking about some buffs here, but they can be chewed through. And when, when you take into account that the Pustural Blight Lords and Lord of Afflictions has disgusting resilient ward save, now you can put all units within 7 inches of the Harbinger having an additional ward save. Uh, that's... Um, that's that's a, that's that's pretty tasty, you know. His defensive potential is also upped by the winter stave, which is which is on him. That's what I put on him. And, and for anybody that knows what that is, because I don't see a lot of people playing the winter stave, which I've never really understood. Um, what that is is you can re-roll hit rolls of six for enemy units within 12 inches of the bearer. This is just this is this is just filthy to use a a, a Nurgle term. Um, and my choice of the battalion is obvious. Um, it, it's an easy way to get the wither stave and get rid of the, the headache of, of armored enemies by, by giving blight Kings a rend of negative one. So, uh, the other option that a lot, I see a lot of people take that I didn't put into this list here. Uh, but for anybody that's following along is you can include Festus and, and the beast grave Bray shaman, but, but I consider that less reliable in many ways. Um, so on the table, here, folks, again, this list. And again, I'm going to read the list off one more time before I tell you the kind of the table play here. Um, the Lord of Afflictions is my general, the Glotkin, the Harbinger of Decay, and the Lord of Blights. Um, my my Lord of Afflictions, his command trait is Pestle and Breath, Artifact, Rustfang. The Glotkin, Blades of Putrefaction, 
and Plague Squall. Um, the Harbinger of Decay, he's got the Wither Stave on him. Lord of Blights is just him, all happy and sassy. And then I have, for my units, I got one unit of four Pustrial Blight Lords, and I got three units of five Putrid Blight Kings. My battalion is the Blight Cyst. So here it is. This is how this Nurgle army plays on the tabletop. It's pretty easy. You simply put the Glotkin on the table, surround him with all your Blight Lords and Blight Kings, put all your heroes near, and, and go forward. Blight Lords have a 5-plus ward save normally. Blight Kings get a 4-plus from the Harbinger. You can constantly benefit all of these positive effects we've discussed. You're going to benefit from every single one of them, because to start things off, at the beginning of the second battle round, you have 4 CP, 4 command points. And your units don't become junk if, if they're halved or even more damaged. You simply use all your models in one big brawl pie. Um, mission objectives are generally taken by summoning demons. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And, and you also have an opportunity to make uh, a great leap of 16 plus inches with your fly lords. You know, that again is your pustural blight lords or your lord of afflictions, your general, uh, if needed. But generally, you know, they fly around the glotkin and, and cause distractions and, and buffer. And, and like I said, if the, the main goal here is to keep the harbinger of decay tucked behind the, the glotkin, as we used to say, uh, nut to butt. And um, and get that Lord of Afflictions in a protective stance as well. And then the rest is going to fall into place. You're just going to have this big roaming blob of booger, murder booger, that's going to be around the table killing everything. And that's exactly what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's it. Nurgle, like I said, I think, I think when people play Nurgle, they make the mistake of overcomplicating it. And Nurgle doesn't have to be complicated. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But I, I've seen a lot of great players almost compete against themselves by having this convoluted Nurgle list. Yeah, I so. think that gets back to the general and knowing your army. Um, I've known some very successful Nurgle players, um, and then I've known people that are not successful with them. Um, right. The, the bottom line is it, it does go back to the general with this army because you do have to you do have to know the rules for that army, but they're very simple rules, but you do need to know them mm -hmm. because True. you know if you are outside of that seven inch range, you know and you need that ward save, that's gonna hurt you. Yeah, for Absolutely that harbinger. Will. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Nurgle, Nurgle is not like a destruction army. I think I, if I was going to say what is a what is a truly chaos like army, I would say Nurgle. Yeah, yeah. Like I could say Corn is more like destruction, but Nurgle is definitely chaos. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, um, and, and folks, you've heard me say this a thousand times on, on the show, uh, and probably in person, just kind of talking about things. But I find the lore the backstory, the, the, the way that Nurgle is written and talked about their characters, oh, fascinating and creepy. Um, and, and I got to tell you, it, as far as I'm concerned of all of the, the, the chaos pantheons of all the chaos gods, Nurgle is definitely the most, I, I think they've got the deepest story arc. I think, I think they've got the most entertaining characters, the most complex characters. So even if you don't play Nurgle, I, I implore you to get, Get anything, get your, get your hands on and read about, you know, uh, Nurgle's Garden, Torglug, uh, read about, um, you know, Tomarkon, you know, 
it's just amazing. Any anyway, rate, that that's that's my rundown on uh, on Nurgle, second of four of our uh, of our discussion here on the on the Chaos Gods. So, uh, Steve, you want to change things up and talk a little bit about Zeech? I see what you did there. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, this is the army, or one of the versions of the army that I was going to play. Um, I call this my kaleidoscopic conflagration. This was. Uh, the, this is a change host battalion. Mm -hmm. It's a two drop army. Yeah. Uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, it of course has to have the Lord of change. I have a change caster. I have, uh, three units of six flamers. Uh, I have two burning chariots, one unit of 10 pink horrors, which of course we know multiplies into God only knows how many wounds. Uh, with the breakdown, and then I have an exalted flamer right. who is not on a burning chariot. The change host is the battalion, and the change coven is the eternal conflagration. Now, what the eternal conflagration does is it makes all your uh, burning attacks from your flamers and your exalted flamers uh, an additional negative one. Oh, so now wow. your regular flamers are negative one, and your exalted flamers whether they're on the burning chariots or they're on their own are negative two uh-huh that's a hell of a lot of shooting with a hell of a lot of rent yeah uh this is an army that is um going to just burn you off the table no, no pun, pun intended. intended yeah uh they're going to shoot you so bad in the first turn that whatever's left of your army coming down the table is going to have to first fight through the pink horrors, which will turn to blue horrors, which will turn to brimstone horrors. Yep. And then after they get done with that funness, uh, they're going to have to try to eliminate uh, a six-man unit of flamers, three of them, yeah. burning chariots which are going to come out and charge block or they're going to come out and uh just annoy you and harass you from the flanks and the range is 18 inches so they can stay a comfortable distance away from you and still target you and then of course you're going to have to deal with uh the lord of change who in this case has got fold reality which means every time you're killing a flamer with shooting he's going to be bringing him back right so uh this army is if I were going to play Zinch, and I came as close as anyone could ever come to playing, you an did, army, yeah. Um, if I were going to play Zinch, this would be my army. Now, what? Now there are some definite Achilles heels, Achilles heels in this army. Number one, it only has eighty-one wounds. Extremely oh, yeah. low wound count. Yeah, Not that's good. very low for for especially very if they're, low. They're kind of they're kind of glass jawed. Yes, they're glass jawed. They only have a five up uh, armor save, and and then they die. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there's nothing to them. They don't have the ward save like they had in the past. So if you get to me, I'm dead. But what I'm hoping is that when you do get to me, I'll have burned all of your best units off the table. So I'll I'll just be able to go ahead and fight you with the Lord of change and whatever I have left. I mean, the burning chariots are no joke. No, no, they're not. And, and you know, I got to go back to this, you know, the Lord of change um, is probably in, in, in my opinion, as far as wizards and 
Uh, I guess, you know, it's funny. I don't really consider him a monster or be a moth. I don't know why, but it just doesn't cross my mind. But as far as casters are concerned in the game, he's probably one of the scariest. And I think his true power is in the hero phase where he can just auto-end any endless spell for free. And he, he can he can really... That character alone can throw the chi of somebody's game way off. Oh, yeah. He can Thanos snap your... Um your endless spells right off the table. Right. And you can do nothing about it. Right. And, right. And that's frustrating. Not to mention the fact that when he casts magic, oh, I'm just going to turn this dice over and make it the same as the other five I rolled. Yeah. Uh, the level of frustration that this are, and I played, I don't want to say, a, 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 I'll say a different version of this list against uh, our buddy Noah, who's one of our Zinch guys. And with what he had, which is less than what I have here, he was burning trolls off the table. Mm -hmm. Now I can't even imagine what would happen if I had all of this crazy shooting in addition to all those flamers. Yeah, I, you know what, honestly. It's ridiculous. They're going to be hitting you on twos. Yeah. Well, you you know, it's, you know, I, I, just with the the pure amount of wizards, spells, abilities, you know, surrounding the Azich uh, army. Yep. Um, I, I, it's probably the m- most magic imbued army in the game. I would I would probably venture to guess. And on top of that, and on top of that, the shooting. I mean, when when you look about the army that you just talked about here at the beginning of the the topic here, corn. They got one shooting unit in it, and that's the that's the 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 corn the the blood cannon or the um can't think of it right now the, the the cannon and it's terrible. You look at this army here, and it's it's lethal shooting coupled with it's, magic. It's an entire army of corn cannons. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's just the level of D three damage that they're going to be putting out on anything that they hit. Most units, and not to mention the fact that the you know the rend is gonna is gonna cut through most of the armor for those units. So, what you have left coming down the table better be good. Now, an army that could get this army quick would be a fast army. Like Rob Zeals could be, uh, he could be on me by turn two, and I'd be in real trouble if I didn't kill enough of those eels. Right. So. Yeah, you're going to have to have tactics. You're going to have to be able to outwit your opponent. I mean, it's not an army you can just throw up there and, oh, I'm just going to shoot and that's it. No, you better you better choose your, your targets carefully. Right. But it, it's it's definitely a thinking person's army. And uh, and quite frankly, it's the reason I don't want to play it. <laughs> no, I, just, I'm, I'm being you, very serious. You just want to be a big dummy. Things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm happy with my trolls. I I don't want to play an army that requires me to constantly be thinking, you know, okay, what do I have to do with this unit because of their weakness? Because they can be so easily chopped down. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I do not want to play them. But if I were go- if I were back in my competitive mode and I wanted to really go out and start, you know, winning tournaments and stuff, I would be playing this army or a variation of it. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, I would only say the only drawback to this army is any wounds or, or, or you know, any mortal wounds or, you know, that. Um, oh, you're dead. Yeah. You're yeah. Dead. They're not going to hold up very long. And 
So, but but that's manageable. You know, when you've got kind of yeah. a, a glass-jawed army, you know. Um, well, I can bring them back. You can bring them back. So, I mean, if that's really their only deficiency, that's not so bad. No. And yeah, you can multiply them. So, like I said, your pink horrors get, get knocked out. Now they're blue, then they're brimstone. I mean, so yeah. you can essentially stay on one objective with 10 models repeating for the entire game, or at least yeah. long enough to have you win the majority of those points. Yeah, you only have to hold them off for five turns. You know, I mean, that's it. All you got to do is just, you know, get up there, claim those objectives, and burn them off. And if they get to an objective, burn them off of it. Right. So is that your only reason why why you didn't why you didn't play Zeech or go for uh, it when you were before? One, I hate chaos, and you know this. I know. Um, That's why I'm a little shocked it, we're even having this discussion. Yeah, I mean it's my most despised faction, uh, um, but I love playing against them. I just don't like I just don't like playing chaos. Um, but yeah, it's if if I were going to play any of the factions of chaos, it would probably be corn. Because corn to me is most like destruction. So out of the two armies that I've built, I would definitely go with the corn version if I was going to play chaos. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I could see you um, probably playing corn over this, but you know it's funny. Oh, I would have a lot of fun with corn. I just refuse to play it because it's chaos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I've seen you in the past. But I mean, you. But at one time though, I'm going back a, a while ago though. You yes. had, you had played Zeech at one time. Oh, I've played every one of the Chaos God armies. I've played Nurgle. I've played, uh, except for Slanesh. I've never played Slanesh ever. Yeah. And uh, because I just don't like the theme and I just, I don't know. It, it's too creepy and weird for me. Yeah. But um, I I do like, uh, I do like Corn because it's like Destruction. It's a straight up fighty army. Right. Uh, Zinch is kind of like Skaven, kind of tricksy. Nurgle, I've played them, but I've often become bored with them because they're kind of a one-dimensional army. At least they were back, like, in, you know, 7th uh, and 8th edition, at least to me. And I'm not, you know, I know Chaos players out there are having a heart attack, but <laughs> I, I, well, I'm just saying, I, yeah. I'm not a Chaos guy. I've never been a Chaos guy. And any time I've ever played a Chaos army, it was out of boredom. Because right. I was bored with the other armies I was playing, not because I wanted to play Chaos. Right. We have, believe me, if you want Chaos, there's guys in, you know, in our group, and I'm sure you guys out there have guys in your group. Go to your Chaos guys. They're the guys you go to if you want to start a Chaos army. Yeah. I mean, I would be the last person plus one on Earth to go to if you wanted to play a Chaos army. Right. Yeah. Mainly because he's just going to mother F him the whole time and tell you not to do it. <laughs> yes i probably would well wait <laughs> but, a minute we're not done we're, we're not done but i, I want to go before we change i want to go to i want to i want to go one more thing uh, going, going back to you the, did there see i've been yeah um so you got the lord of change he's 380 points Karyos fate weaver weaver if i remember right i'm grabbing my book i'm cheating here folks is 400 yeah so Karyos is definitely better uh, I just don't like playing named characters because to me, it's like playing with somebody else's toys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to create my own armies and I like to have my own stuff. That's why I, I've never played Nagash. I've never played any of the named characters. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think one of the few main uh, named characters I ever played was Grimgore Ironhide. Back oh, yeah. in the day. Right. Back in old, old Warhammer. And I can't even think. I didn't play any of the character, the the uh, characters from the vampire counts. I didn't play Monfred or any of them. I always like to make my own stuff. Okay. 
So, so one more thing before we get into Slanish, which is going to be the final chaos, uh, uh, you know, faction that we're going to focus on tonight in, in our four lists that we're discussing, you know, real quick, just kind of warm it up here briefly, you know, give us, give us your concept that you have on, you know, this area here, folks, we're in the Chicagoland area, USA, um, as a chaos town or how you put oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, in the United States, uh, and I've joked about this forever. The United in the United States, the Chicagoland area is the eight points. We are chaos country. Chicago has always been a chaos town. This town is uh, inundated with chaos players. Yeah. If you come to a Chicago game store and can't find a chaos player, you're in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, you're not in <laughs> Chicago. Um, it's it's true. It's it it's is so true. true. And it's uh, weird. It's Chicago, weird that it's true, but it is true. Yes. In in the in the game of AOS. If you are a person that wants to play chaos guys, come to Chicagoland and you will be inundated with chaos players until you're, uh, until your heart's content. You know what I'd like to hear from? I'd like to hear from everybody that's listening. Uh, it, put down on the show comments where you're from and what, um, now I'm not looking for anybody's address. I'm looking for the general area of where you're from. Uh, yeah. Like big, the major, the nearest major metropolitan. Yeah. On, on this, on this big mud ball called earth. And, let us know what is the predominant army. Doesn't have to be chaos, or it could be, but or maybe the, faction. Like yeah, what is yeah exactly? What is the what is the what is the predominant army or faction in your area? I'd be interested to kind of see where that what what that turns up. Yeah, and I know it changes, and I know it changes because we've competed against guys from other regions of the country, and you'll talk to some guys and they're like, "Oh, everybody up here plays death," and then you'll go to another guy, "Oh, everybody down here plays order." You know, I mean, it, it is different. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It is. It's interesting. And it's at the same breath. It's kind of strange, you know, but um, I like the thought of it. I like the thought of it. Wait a minute. What the hell is that? What's going on? And now it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell. <laughs> Yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the Rules from Hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang. A Warhammer rule from hell. Let's face it, sometimes we, the players, are the hell to the rules. So listen up here, you short-pants little demons. We're pointing our fingers right back at you for getting the rules wrong and making these rules hell on the tabletop. Models have to pile in towards the nearest enemy model, not just the nearest enemy model already in combat with the unit. Let's say your unit is stretched out in a line 10 inches long, with the enemy hero base to base at the end of that line. Now, let's say there's another enemy hero 6 inches away from the other end of the unit. You can't pile the whole unit towards the first enemy hero because the ones at the end of the line are closer to the second one and can only move towards it, even though three inches won't get them there. This probably means the entire line can't move. And that could definitely be a rule from hell. 
now you know a rule from hell. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. But all right, here we go. So we are now moving on to uh, Slanesh. This is our, our fourth um, chaos god, I guess, to uh, to talk about here tonight. And this is uh, this is my list right here. Uh, this is a God Seekers list. This is out of the Hedonites of Slanesh book and from the realm of Akshin. I'm going to get into this here. So, but before I do this, I want to say this about Slanesh here, folks. I'm a firm believer that in order to be an effective Slanesh player, you need to embrace the philosophy of big risk big reward. Um, you know, when, when coming up with this list to talk on, I, I have to really look at combos and utility rather than a more traditional or efficient list. And, and what I'm saying there, in other words, I don't want to think like a beast of chaos player that I am and take a lot of demonettes. Um, because, you know, I'm just, I, I had to kind of break out of my own mold here as a beast of chaos player and think about something different. And to tie that thought process together, I generally like trying out the radical edge of competitive lists and, and, and having the ability to split or polarize my army is also what I like to do. And, and I can also say that for me, uh, for the most part, Slanesh is an army full of guts and bravado, but really it, it's, it's all bluff. It really, really is. And I have a long way to go. Uh, to, to fully understand a Slanesh player's gaming style. But I, I think I have a good hold on this army for this particular conversation. And, and hands down, this is one of the fastest armies in the game. Uh, breakneck fast. And, and with the right maneuvering and synergies, first turn charges really shouldn't be that difficult in a lot of instances. This is the essence of this list capitalize on their speed capitalize on the speed of slanesh so here's my list i have a keeper of secrets he's my general or he she it's my general um i, I guess i shouldn't use pronouns i gotta be careful with this one here uh, i have a i have a second keeper of secrets and my third hero is a is a blade bringer herald on, on an exalted chariot my units I've got three units of five Hell Striders with Claw Spears and two units of ten Seekers. Now, I, I, I went back to my Beast of Chaos roots here, Steve, and you're going to notice this. I took double battalions, the Supreme uh, uh, Sybarites and the Seeker uh, Cavalcade. I took both of those, and I'll explain why. But I'm going to start right at the top of the list. The, the Keeper of Secrets um, is just absolutely amazing and in, in this list i took two of them you can choose between ritual knife and and um and the the the, the sinistrous hand uh the living whip or there's another one i can't remember off the top of my head but it doesn't matter because the hand is probably your best bet keepers of secret uh have a watered down i'm going to call it feeding frenzy for a command ability uh, instead of attacking immediately it gets a second activation though with with locust of diversion um the difference should be minimal. Now, locus of diversion uh, is is quite simply this: at the end of the the charge phase, each player in each player's turn, I'd like to add, each Hedonite's hero in your army may select an enemy unit within six inches, within not wholly. Roll a dice, and on a five plus, the enemy unit you targeted must fight at the end of that combat phase instead of following the usual activation order. You can also add two to the roll if your hero is a greater demon a la Keeper of Secrets. So your Keepers 
are making this happen on a three plus here, folks. Um, sticking with the keeper of secrets here, they can also attempt uh, uh, to, or uh, they can also tempt, I should say, uh, an enemy hero uh, doing D3 mortal wounds if they decline a uh, a fight with them. If they accept, the enemy hero gets plus one to hit rolls until the next combat phase, at which point you roll. The the, the tempted hero instantly dies on a four plus. So that's 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 a really that's one of the few times I would actually take something that could that could potentially buff my 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 enemy. And it doesn't matter if it's Archaon, uh, the Celestine Prime, Nagash, um, or, or anybody. They drop dead on a four plus. And do keep in mind, you are giving them a hard plus one to hit in exchange for, for not taking some damage and, and maybe dying next turn. So be cautious about that if, if you should give the offer, um, you know, uh, to, to some opponent that's that's really going to be able to mollywomp you. But, but nonetheless, it is something very savory to take. And on both Keepers of Secrets, I have uh, the Progeny of Damnation. Uh, it's a casting value of seven. And you get to heal one friendly Hedonite's hero within six inches of the caster. Now, I kind of took this idea from uh, my my uh, Huskard on, on Thunder Tusks, from my, my Beast Claw Raiders uh, army, because on a prayer, they could heal themselves. So within six inches of the caster, they could heal themselves uh, for D3. And if you roll a 10+, plus, you heal D6 instead. So it's a good way of keeping those keepers around. Now, I took two battalions. Uh, that I'm, as I said before, I'm going to get to later, but in doing so, I was able to have two artifacts and these pay off in a big way. So on my general, which is the first keeper of secrets, um, the, the, the girdle of the realm racer, uh, decrease the bear's wound roll by one, but the bear can fly. So we're back to what you were saying, Steve, they can fly. So, uh, you know, you, you can, you can take the, um, uh, the, the thermal rider cloak instead, um, getting the same flight and buff instead. But I decided to put that on my second keeper of secrets, which I gave him the thermal rider rider cloak, which is a relic of of Akshi, which is where they're from, and that gives them plus four inches movement, and they now can fly. So it's a good way to get those keepers of secrets in critical places that you need to get them in. Um, my third and final hero is the blade bringer on a secret chariot. 160 points, but for what it does, it's pretty amazing. This is a herald on a very small chariot. On a 2+, plus, it does D3 mortal wounds when charging. And remember, this is a fast army with two drops. You want them across the table turn one. And the other thing that's pretty neat about this Bladebringer on a Seeker chariot is it can retreat and charge um, to really land those, those other mortal wounds later if you want. So... Um, the units that I have in here, I've got three units of the Hellstriders with Claw Spears. Um, they're Slanish Battle Line, minimum of five, max 40. Uh, they're 100 points for five. I took the Claw Spears for the negative one rend. Um, that's just me. That's my opinion. I know there's some different different uh, ideas out there. But what's juicy about these 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 models or these, these units is one in every five can have a horn blower that forces battle shock rerolls for enemies and either uh, a banner bearer that lets you reroll charges or an icon bearer that gives you two plus bravery with a four plus save they have 14 inch movement and two wounds these are really 
best used as uh, harassing type enemy backlines, jam up some artillery or something like that type of unit. And, and if they kill any models in the combat phase, they get plus one to the attack in the next combat phase. My next units are the close cousins of the Hellstriders, and that's the Seekers. Um, they're a little bit pricier. They're 120 points, but also minimum unit of five, max of 20. I took two units of 10. Now, they're the fastest unit in the army. They have a 14-inch uh, movement. They can run and charge and run for 2d6, giving them a great bubble of 14 plus 4d6 inches, averaging 28 inches. Every five models will have a banner bearer for re-rolling charges, a horn blower to force enemies to re-roll Battleshock tests, and an icon bearer, which lets you regenerate D3 models and prevent models from fleeing on a Battleshock roll of one. Which, like the Hellstriders, they also have the same plus one attack ability if they killed a model in the previous combat phase. Not a unit, a model. Uh, just like the Hellstriders, a model, not a unit. A different take on the Seekers, though, and this is something to kind of think about, is that thanks to their fast movement and relatively cheap point costs, um, they can make a good screen that's also a hammer. So that's kind of why I, I put these things in the list. Now, to, to tie down this army together, Steve, and this is what I was getting at, is the battalions. I took two of these. I pulled a, I pulled a, a trick right out of my Beast of Chaos days so I can get two artifacts, and I can almost guarantee the choice... <laughs> To take or give first turn. This is, as I said, my current Beast of Chaos trick, except with the opposite desired outcome. With Slanesh, I'd like to take first turn if I so choose. Unlike my Beast of Chaos, I want you going first to give me an idea where I can ambush in and, and whatnot. Um, so the battalions are two of them. So the first one I want to talk about here is the Supreme Sybarites. Um, I'd never know how to pronounce that. So if I'm screwing that up, folks, that's just because I'm an, an, an illiterate cuss. But um, this, this, this battalion is three to six Chaos Slanesh heroes. It's only 120 points. Um, and at the start of your hero phase, you roll a dice. If the result is less or equal to the number of heroes from this battalion that are on the battlefield, you receive one command point. And as everybody knows, I'm a command point junkie. The second one is the Seeker Cavalcade. It's two to six units of Seekers or Hellstriders in any combination. Um, and models from this battalion are eligible to pile in an attack while six inches away from the enemy units and can move an extra three inches while piling in. So the army, as I said before, I'm capitalizing on their speed. I'm capitalizing on the mortal wounds. And I'm capitalizing on the ability for the real important characters, i.e. your keepers of secrets, to stick around. They can fly to different objectives. They can heal if they need to. They've got enough chaff to be able to cause mayhem on the board between the Hellstriders. And, and, if, they, and if anybody thinks they're just going to be able to walk through Seekers, it's going to be a tougher task than you think, as, as I, I will have them screening the Keepers. So that's my, that's my, my little trick bag with Slanesh. But as I said in the beginning, I'll try to, I'll try to close out what I said here with Slanesh the, the way that I started it. Um, you're going to have to know one thing about Slanesh. And if you're not prepared to, to be the type of player that's going to embrace the philosophy of big risk, big reward, don't play the army. Interesting. So 
Yeah, I don't know enough about Slanesh to uh, to comment on them. We don't have a lot of people who play Slanesh other than one of our guys, mm-hmm. and he rarely plays them. Yeah, um, you know, Slanesh is a tricky army. You know, and I know on last week's show I told the story about the guy that got kicked out of the, the tournament because of his uh, his his very pr- provocative Slanesh army, I guess. So, it, you know, and this is back when we were talking about, if you folks want to go back and listen to last week's show, we, we you know, Steve and I talked about, you know, does your army represent, you know, your your mentality? Or I think that might have been the question of the day, but we kind of talked on that a little bit. And it's true. It really is true. So this is... Oh, this, it's absolutely true. So this army can either cause problems or be a problem. Let, let's just let's just leave it at that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my slanish army, the perverts, man. And by the way, the pervert points are as far as the rest of the the, the pantheon of the chaos gods between Corn, Nurgle, and Zeech are a little pricey. Um, yeah, they so, were adjusted because of that. Yeah, yeah. So were... so they're a little pricey. Yeah, the FAQ, right? So but you know, as written in the book, and, and I would even have to say post the FAQ, they're still a little beefy comparatively to especially Nurgle, who I think has the who I think might have the cheapest, but. Um, maybe corn. I'm not sure. At any rate, so there you have it, folks. That's uh, that's our that's our breakdown of the um, of the chaos list. So, Steve, before we before we wrap this one up, though, buddy, I got to ask you. Yeah. So give me give me the breakdown, the top four. So in from from worst to from from best to worst, I should say. Okay. What's your ranking of all the chaos? <clears throat> gods mm, that's tough now because uh slanesh was just recently changed i'm going to go zinch corn slanesh no i'm sorry zinch uh zinch corn nurgle slanesh you went zeech you went uh okay so you zinch, went zeech corn, corn nurgle, nurgle slanesh. slanesh okay so you got slanesh in last place okay i have it zeech nurgle slanesh corn yeah, and and the only reason why I have that is because corn is is to me it's a very fickle army. They're they're going to brutalize you, but they just seem they, they they seem to be missing a few pieces with the magic and things like that that maybe cause cause them trouble. Sure, Zeech has got it all right now, man. The magic, the shooting, the you know. But I will have to say, I think if one army can take out Zeech, it would be Slanesh. But if there's one army that could take out Slanesh, it'd be Nurgle. But Nurgle couldn't do anything to Zeech. So that's kind of where, in my mind, yeah, I kind of had the, the eternal conflict. Yeah. Well, that there and there you have it. But you know, I, I guess I guess you could see at any point in time, old corn could uh, could could pop out and, and be be number one there for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it just depends on what combo you're using for the armies. I mean, anyone could play can play a bad corn or a bad Zeech or a bad Nurgle army. It just really depends on number one the player's experience with that particular faction or army, you know, and I have relatively zero experience playing chaos. So yeah, I mean, I'm just going by, you know, my own opinion. Well, here's one, here's one, here's interesting. So, so, uh, Joab, the javelin, uh, from, you know, I guess he's out of Seattle and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, in the comments here, this is what he said here. He said, I see a lot of Skaven. So I guess there's chaos right there. There you have it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's out in Seattle and he's seen a lot of Skaven. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. So no, out of the chaos, though, around here, would you say Slaves of Darkness is probably the biggest? Uh, no, or Nurgle. I would say Nurgle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I do. Chaos is definitely the grandfather Nurgle's town. 
Yeah, this is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Chicago is definitely uh, Oh, Nurgle. Chicago's Nurgleville. But that's interesting. So the Skaven have infested Seattle. Got it. <laughs> and, you know, I bet those wow. little, I, I bet so those little bastards. So the Sky Eagle was built by the rats. Yeah, I bet those little bastards, uh, they wrote, probably rode a whale there, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Out there in the bay. Yep. Oh, Lord. Hey, gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. Well, good stuff, Steve. Well, here it is, man. We're at the question of the day. You ready? Yeah, let's go. So here it is. Question of the day. So, Steve, are conversions of models inappropriate for regular tournament play, or are they a result of an overpriced hobby in these trying times? Uh, I think that people should welcome conversions because they show the true creativity of the community. Uh, there are people out there that are phenomenal artists and, uh, phenomenal at working with, um, balsa wood and with other, now look, if you're going to like something like an Adepticon, then I would say absolutely not. You need to have the models and you need to have them painted. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be playing in a local tournament, I see no reason why you should, uh, scorn someone who is, showing you their creativity and their ingenuity by the way right um and then the second part of the question was what um or are they a result of an overpriced hobby in these trying oh times? yeah definitely that's the reason a lot of people go to conversions because you know when you're paying you know ten thousand dollars for one model and of course i'm engaging in hyperbole here but it, it is it's ridiculous some of these prices i mean you're paying hundreds of dollars in some cases you know for just a few models of a few pieces of plastic right so but that's the eternal curse of the hobby so i guess you know but no i think conversions are great i love seeing them and i don't mind like if a person comes to the table and they say hey i'm using this as my you know as salamanders or i'm using this as you know a steam tank or whatever i'm like well, i don't care it's fine by me as long as i know what it is i'm good yeah right yeah, I mean, as as long as like we talked we talked about this with this guy with the Slan Ash Army, as long as long as uh, you know, we, we you know they're they're not riding miniature pork and beans all over the uh the, the table, you know, I, I don't I don't have a problem with conversions either. No, I don't. I look, here's here's the problem. Uh, I think that some people are purists, um, and I think that they like to 
see the right model for their, you know, in the right unit and the right army, you know, and they don't want to see any conversions. And that's something they feel that, you know, should be kept to the garages and kept to the, you know, the homes and stuff. And then when you come out to play at the stores, you should be bringing what you, you know, you should be bringing the models. Right. I don't agree with that. Okay. I think that a person's ingenuity and creativity should always be respected. I like that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Um, I've seen more and more conversions probably this year than I, I have at any one given pocket of time. I love it. Since, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of conversions. As a matter of fact, our buddy, Justin, um, that we game with, he actually made, what was it? Two steam tanks. Yeah. And they look great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I still have trouble making ice cubes. I mean, this, this is, <laughs> this is the limit of my skill here. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it is, I think it's, uh, I think it's valid, but I agree with you. I think if somebody shows up to, to play a game and the, as long as it's not Lincoln logs or Legos or something yeah, like exactly. that, or, you know, within a, a, reason, you know, and, and, and I think that most people are going to do that within reason. Yeah. As long as, long as you know, they're not showing up with a dust bunny glued to a checker piece or something it, that yes. And that's yeah. what I mean. Right. Well, good stuff. Well, that's our, uh, that's our question of the day. And Steve, you got the, uh, you got the closing thoughts, man. Yeah, I sure do. You know what I did today, my friends, I settled down for a few hours and just painted a piece of terrain for our club. No grand projects, you know, no 30 blood sisters in a row. I just took one piece of terrain, the Ophidian gateway, which is for age of Sigmar. And I quietly, painted it i didn't have the radio on no tv any other background noise i just peacefully and quietly painted a piece of terrain so i guess my point folks is you know enjoy these quiet moments of hobbying while you can because one day soon the world's going to hit the reset button and we'll all be you know hastily returning to our lives and routines again so take advantage, if you can, of the moments you're allowing yourself to where you can sit down quietly and spend some time working on a project of your choice. No noise, no chaos. <laughs> See what I did? I got Just you. Taking the time to enhance your skills and, in my case, contributing to a pool of terrain for our club that's going to be looked upon favorably, hopefully as a group of gamers that love their hobby and the things that bring life to it. And that's all I have to say. And that is a heck of a way to close the show. A great show. Yeah. I think we talked enough about chaos tonight. We did. We did. And I, and I think before, uh, you know, you start pulling your clothes off and, and telling everyone you're a slant ash hey. God, we better end it here. Yeah. Have a good night, folks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar Worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, 
Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grabbed. All you dice chucking glue sniffing gamer games, you're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.